Welcome back to It's Down to Business with Jack Miller. Call us at 305-541-2350. Follow us on Facebook at Jack Miller Down to Business or on Twitter at HJackMiller1. You have chances to serve much more than you grab the ring on the we have on the line a phenomenal author by the name of Robert Hutchinson. He has written, he just came out with a book called Searching for Jesus. I think the guy's written like 12 books, including one I think about poker or gambling. We're going to ask him about that. But he is a nationally, these guys traveled the globe, including, I think it's kind of interesting, a Hawaii bureau chief for the Hollywood Reporter. Bob, are you with us? I'm here. Thanks for having me on, Jack. My pleasure. I'm really excited. I know uh, you, how busy you are this time of year, and I'm very excited to have you with us. Well, it's good to be here. So, Tell me, you just came out with this book, Searching for Jesus. Um, I have a bunch of questions for you, and feel free to interrupt me or whatever. But why did you do or write a book? I, and I don't mean to sound this um, disrespectful, but it seems that there's been so many books written about Jesus. What makes your book different, and, and why did you feel compelled to write it? Well, I've been, I have been—I say in the book that I've been you know, working on this for 30 or 40 years, which is more or less true, because I, I was raised a Christian, I was raised in a Catholic household, and I was always fascinated with the details uh, for some reason. You know, I, I kind of wanted to know what a denarius was, and, and, you know, what was the Sanhedrin, and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, um, all throughout high school and college, I, I researched this stuff, and that was a time when there was a lot of uh, scientific interest in the historical Jesus, and scholars were trying to figure out who the real Jesus was, allegedly behind the, 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 the gospel tales. And I, I was so interested in it, I actually moved to Israel, I studied Hebrew in Israel f uh, for two years, came back, I got a master's degree in New Testament from an evangelical Christian uh, seminary here in Southern California. And um, the reason I decided to write this book was that I, I kept up with it. I wrote articles uh, about research in the historical Jesus for Christianity Today, and I followed all the twists and turns and the different you know theories and everything. But just in the last about five to ten years, I started to notice that there were a lot of top scholars at major universities that were saying some shocking things that were the opposite of the skeptical theories that I learned in graduate school and growing up. And... Um, I, I, it just amazed me, and some of these were Jewish scholars at bastions, conservative bastions like UC Berkeley, and uh, I thought uh, a lot of the stuff people don't haven't heard in the pews, and a lot of what you hear in the media are the same century-old theories that they came up with, you know, in the late 19th and early 20th century, and yet a lot of those old theories are being debunked in, in question. So I decided to write a book to kind of gather together all these some of these recent. Uh, discover, archaeological discoveries and, and new directions in New Testament scholarship and kind of present them on a popular level for ordinary folks. So what do you, what did you discover? What's the new discoveries regarding well, this? Basically, I, what I discovered is that a lot of the Jewish scholars in particular, but, but also some agnostic and other scholars were uh, being very critical of the, of the skeptical approach to the New Testament that has dominated for about a century. You know, basically, in the late 19th and early 20th century, scholars basically thought that a lot of it was just made up, and um, of legendary material and things like that. And in recent years, a lot of these secular scholars have started to really look at things again, 
and and they've discovered they think actually a lot of it is a lot more of it is historical than they previously thought. And um, a, the, an example I like to give of that is the whole notion of a suffering Messiah. You know, the, for about a century, um, Christians have been told that the idea of a suffering Messiah was kind of made up by the early Christians as a way to explain the rather embarrassing fact that the Savior of the world was crucified and died as a criminal. And so the, the idea was that the Jews in the time of Jesus had no concept of a suffering Messiah, of that kind of a idea. They were expecting a conquering a military hero. The Messiah was going to was going to redeem Israel and was going to be a a, a military, a political king. And um, in just the last few years, they uncovered a, a stone tablet called the Gabriel Revelation that talks about a Messiah who would suffer, die, and maybe even rise again in three days. And this was an archaeological confirmation of the idea that some people in that time really were expecting a, a different kind of Messiah than, than people had thought. And so that it was possible that the early Christians didn't make all this stuff up, but that it was in the air at the time, and that the Jews in, in that time uh, were more uh, varied in their outlook than we realize. And um, that's one of the big things that the Jewish scholars have really pointed out, that um, you really should speak about Judaism's plural at that time, not a normative rabbinic Judaism that developed later and became standard for everybody. There were a lot of weird ideas back at that time, and Jews had very different ideas of how you should be Jewish, and Christianity fit right into that weird mix. What do you mean by that? Give me some examples. Well, like like the classic idea, another classic thing is that, uh, you know, like uh, the notion that the Jews could not have believed Jesus was in any sense divine, however you understand that, because Jews are strict monotheists. And uh, so obviously it was only when Christianity moved out into the pagan Greek world uh, among pagan Greeks when they had all these myths of divine, semi-divine humans or humans who become God and gods who become human. And so obviously this was a pagan idea that um, uh, that Christianity adopted, and that therefore the, the early Jews, uh, or the Jewish fathers of Jesus, had would, didn't have any of those kinds of ideas, and it was all just made up later. And what Jewish scholars have been pointing out in recent years is, au contraire, uh, there were Jews in that time that had strange ideas about uh, uh, what they call binitarianism, of an older God and a younger God. And the whole... Um, the whole uh, figure of the Son of Man in the book in the book of Daniel and so on uh, seems very much the way Christians spoke about Jesus and so on. And so people like Daniel Boyarin at UC Berkeley say that this is a very Jewish idea uh, that uh, it might be some of the oldest Jewish ideas uh, that are that in existence. It's just that Later, normative Judaism, rabbinic Judaism, eventually said, no, that's not us, and they kind of suppressed those ideas, and then a, a more stand, what we know of Judaism today eventually evolved, and, and, and then people projected that back six centuries earlier to the first century and, and thought that that's how Jews were in the time of Jesus, when it probably wasn't that way. It was probably much more uh, multifaceted and many different groups with many different strange ideas. 
So you, you have traveled the globe, obviously, um, and you have a fascinating history. Your, your books are, are, you know, a wealth of knowledge, even something on gambling, as Jack mentioned, you know, lodged in there, which is, you know, I, like I guess an, it's an outlier, <laughs> but it's, it's also refreshing. It's, it's good. It's a good take. But I wanted to know in all of your travels, you know, we're, we're, this is a Christmas show and I want to talk about Christmas a little bit. Do people seem to celebrate Christmas uh, in a similar way around the world? What's the strangest thing you've seen, you know, as it relates to Christmas around the world in all of your travels? Oh, well, uh, to be honest, it's one of the strangest things for me because people do this incredible traditions in Europe and so on. And I've been to Germany, I love France and everything. And they have all, everybody has different traditions. One of the weirdest things for me living in Israel was just how uh, it is a totally ordinary day. I mean, of course. You know, I knew that intellectually, but when you're actually living in Israel and Christmas comes and it is an ordinary day, it is not observed at all. I mean, there might be maybe a little clip on the news uh, that, uh, uh, you know, that they're uh, on the Mombat news show or something about that today is Christmas. for, and, and that kind of took me aback because I guess I, for the first time, really knew what it was like to be a religious minority. Where where your 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 customs and observances are just completely off the radar, totally, and it kind of made me realize what Jews must feel like in America when everybody's celebrating Christmas and they right. don't. And uh, it was a, it was it was very uh, sh- uh, shocking for me to to feel that. And uh, uh, so anyway, that was probably the most unusual thing that I experienced. Even though you know Christians do celebrate in Israel, do celebrate. Um, uh, Christmas, obviously, and I even went to a Hebrew mass, uh, Hebrew language mass in uh, Jerusalem. So, did you like living in Israel? I loved it. I love Israel. Uh, I love the Hebrew language. I like Israelis. Uh, I've always been a big supporter of Israel, and uh, even with all the political uh, stuff, which I hate to get into, but uh, I tend to be uh, on the Israeli side. And even though I sympathize with the Palestinians and and the Palestinian Christians and so on, I have friends who are Palestinian Christians. Uh, I still usually always kind of find myself arguing the Israeli position or at least giving that two cents worth. Right. So, yes, I did like it. I think a lot was of, just there recently, actually. I, I think a lot of the Palestinian Christians uh, support a lot of it, 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 the things that Israel does. I think. Uh, well, you can certainly tell uh, the difference when you're, like in Nazareth, you know, you see a pretty girl with a modest a blouse and a skirt and no head covering. You know it's a Christian uh, girl. <laughs> as opposed to the the whole kind of the burqa kind of look, right? Uh, so you can always tell uh, the Christian the Christian girls in, in Nazareth uh, when you're there. So um, yes, <laughs> one thing one thing uh, we'd love to ask of all of our guests today: uh, What's your favorite Christmas song, and what's your favorite Christmas movie? Oh man, oh, the the movie's easy. I love this new movie called uh, uh, Nativity Story with this Maori actress. You know, I thought, well, I, I, when I watched it, it just seems really gritty, down to earth. It's very, uh, it retells the nativity and the birth of Jesus in a very gritty sort of way. Um, and, and I thought, gee, where do they get this actress? Is she Arab? What is she? She's very exotic looking. Turns out she's a Maori from, from New Zealand. I can't, I can't remember her name, but it's called The Nativity Story. Uh, as far as my favorite song, it's O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Uh, I don't know the Hebrew resonance of all that, but I've always loved that. I used to play, uh, I used to play the guitar at a rock folk mass 
when I was in high school, and we used to, and then I had a recorder, and I used to play that. It took me took me months to learn how to do the recorder well enough that I could play O Come O Come Emmanuel. We only have about two minutes left. What else did you find interesting that would surprise people uh, in your research about uh, searching for Jesus? Um, that there's a lot of archaeological finds that they've come up with just recently that are reconfirming a lot of the people, places, and and the beliefs at the time. Uh, and I mean, it's just amazing the stuff they're they're digging up. You know, as I, I think I told you before, uh, before we were on the air, that um, you know they found the the ossuary or the burial box for the high priest Caiaphas, and they may have even found the ossuary of James the called James the Just, who is either the brother or stepbrother or cousin of Jesus. And if that is actually his ossuary or burial box, and scholars disagree and they fight about it, it's very, very contested. But if it was, it's the first archaeological confirmation of the existence of Jesus of Nazareth. That's pretty cool. That's yeah, it is very cool. And the other thing, there's amazing places that they've, they've, they've just discovered a first-century uh, synagogue in Magdala on the Sea of Galilee, and it is a... Uh, an unbelievable find, and Jesus almost certainly preached there. Uh, they're they're pretty confident that uh, he probably preached in the synagogue, and it was standing when he when he uh, was walking around Galilee. So that, that's just they discovered this in 2009. Magdala is that uh, named after Mary, or is this Mary, Mary named it? Absolutely, it was called Migdal, which is tower in Hebrew, and it was where they had a international fish export business. There, they used to export. Salted fish all over the Roman Empire. Uh, those St. Peter fish are so good. Oh uh, you... yeah, and there's a restaurant right by it. Actually, a St. Peter's restaurant right on the right on the Sea of Galilee. There. Delicious up there Delicious. in the Canary. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool stuff. Well, uh, uh, Bob, I, I appreciate you being with us. Everyone should check out Robert Hutchinson. He's on. Uh, you could Google him. He's all over. There's tons of YouTube's on him. And check out Searching for Jesus on Amazon. Yes, it's there. I find bookstores everywhere. And bookstores everywhere. <laughs> Bob, I want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me on, Jack. Thank have, you, Have everyone. a great day, Bob. We'll be Take back care. in a few Bye. minutes, everyone. Don't turn that dial. We will be right back.